Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Kieran Fletcher, and the film we're going to be getting into today is 2016's The Founder. That glorious name, McDonald's. I have to have it. Franchise the damn thing. What's the first step? Business is war. It's dog eat dog, rat eat rat. You have a contract. This is not your company, Ray. You sure about that? The Founder, in cinemas February 17th. How are we doing today? Can I call you up straight away? Is it definitely 2016? Are you sure it's not 2017? So there's some confusion around this. Mm. It came out in America in 2016. Oh, we're going with the American version. Okay. The film technically came out. That makes sense. Um, Yeah, I'm good. Sorry, I just wanted to call you out straight off the bat. Look, yeah, I'm, all I'm good. a man that does his research. I know, I know. That's why I was very surprised. <laughs> Too much research, if yeah, I believe yeah. on uh, IMDb, it's quoted as uh, 2016. I thought it was 2017. Okay, yeah. I'm big enough to admit when I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. Um, yeah. I've thrown you off there completely. Oh, there we go. Um, <laughs> did you ask how you're doing today? Yeah, I'm grand. I'm good. Yeah, I'm all good. Well, you know. There we go. As the podcast move on, the mood seems to... Well, I mean, do we want to? Do we really want to get into the shit week that I've had? No, no, no exactly. I'm, I'm just, I've just learned to deal with the shit that is going on in my life. So yeah, I'm grand. No, I had a very uh, problematic episode with uh, Jack on Monday night. Yeah, that there are all sorts of hurdles we got past, as people can tell by like the hour long episode, <clears throat> which is compared yeah. to our usual. I don't want to bring my personal well, life well, I said into to these him, pods. How are we doing today? And I thought probably shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> Literally. And then he did the podcast. We'd spoke after about how shit his day's been, and yeah. then he went and dislocated his shoulder, oh, and he wouldn't fuck. go back in for about two hours. Fuck. <laughs> so, well, yeah, my my life since uh, 2023 has been. Uh, I'm I'm grasping for the positives, well, but people keep dying. The positives and fucking are leaving. It's all shit. But the pod... McDonald's is yeah, a big exactly. positive. Exactly. Uh, very few bad things people can say about McDonald's. And so, good place to start. Go to McDonald's order. Oh, my go-to? Yeah. Oh, see, this is... At the moment, this is going to make put me... Put your look, drink down for this. Yeah, this is going to make me look like a proper fat bastard. And you're going to call me out on it because I know what you're going to say straight away. So I'll go for a double cheeseburger and a single cheeseburger. You're going to straight away say, why not go for the triple? No, I'm, no, I'm because, a, okay. no, because if you want to be filled, then the, the bread <laughs> makes a big difference. Um, <laughs> okay. Come on, come on. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Um, then I go large chips, a medium, either Coke or Fanta. And if I'm feeling really, like, really... None of, so none of this... Ordered as a meal? No. No. And then if I'm feeling really, really like fat, I'll also get nuggets, like maybe maybe 20. Well, look, and I will eat them. People tell us the NHS is struggling <laughs> and you're ordering chips on a drink well, outside no. of a meal. No, 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 no. Because again, can I can I flex this? I mean, I've lost it now, but this was one of the best things I had going for me in my life was my McDonald's gold card. Yeah. I won um, on the McDonald's Monopoly... <laughs> I won. I thought Mac- this was a joke. No, no, no. I w- you know what I've had this. Yeah, no, when you said it's, it. Yeah, I it, it w- no, no, no. It's expired now. But um, for every once a week, I'd get a free medium meal and that could be delivered as well on the McDonald's app. And that shit, was, I, I literally got, 
I think maybe 49 meals out of that. No I didn't do it every week. No to uh, Sunny Brockworth. So, uh, no, it had to be in London for it to be fair. Or you could go into the store, but that, that shit actually changed my life. When, when that expired, I felt immediately like less of a man. So I don't get to have McDonald's often, just reference the fact they don't deliver and mm. could get it on the way home from work on a Friday, but I kind of like to build up to it. And Is McDonald's a treat for you? Is it a treat? So this is the, I, I, I very rarely have it. And then because I very rarely have it, I mm. look at each thing like, well, I need to have that now because yeah. I'm not going to have this again for a while. Yeah. So yeah. after the first day of the races, um, left early, peaked too soon. Just, um, just again, because we're going to speak about McDonald's for the entire pod. Um, my friend I saw on her Instagram the day before yesterday has randomly got a photo of her with like a muck chicken whopper with fucking Rylan. I don't know if there's some advert going around at the moment where Rylan's advertising McDonald's. She is an actress to be fair, but it's just her and Rylan posing with a McChicken Whopper meal thing. I, I don't know. Have you heard of that? No, I've got a real issue with people that order chicken burgers from McDonald's. Yes, so yeah, I, I'm, the nuggets start. The nuggets are good. The nuggets are, are good, but um, the burger, you need to stay away from that. So uh, yeah, peak too soon at the races, <clears> the, <throat> the 4.10 race finished and I was like, I'm not putting any more money on this. I've had enough. I'm yeah. starving hungry. And this so, is Cheltenham, isn't it? Yeah, so I walked into Cheltenham. Yeah. And then I went to McDonald's. And what's the walk from the races to McDonald's in Cheltenham? That's not an easy walk. It's not too. We walk up there as well because yeah. if you get a bus, you're going to be waiting a long time. Yeah, true. So that's not just start, around the corner, though. No, start placing the order. And placing an order on one of those touch screens in McDonald's is like uh, betting a fiver on a betting app where it doesn't feel like it's real money. And yeah, true. I think true. if you're going to order more than, say, two items, <clears throat> the way they should stop you if they want you to lose weight, because there's a big thing, come, like, yeah. they should make you have to go to the front and say it out loud, <laughs> because then that's the game changer. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. When I, when I order, I never need the extra 20 nuggets, but sometimes I'll go, fuck so it. So I ordered a large Big Mac meal, yeah. double cheese, yeah. filet of fish, Jeez, okay, right. You're actually... And, okay. and 20 nuggets. Fucking <laughs> okay, I thought mine was bad. You completely blown me out of the well, water there. I was drunk there. as last, so I didn't yeah. help. Okay. But um, it was one where the last time I had McDonald's, um, I didn't finish it. I, yeah. I don't know what, if I was ordering it. Uh, like Christmas, actually. No, I had two in one day that day. You had a <laughs> Christmas McDonald's, I'm not Christmas. So this was on a night out before Christmas. Right. But... I was working my way through this and I saw that I had nuggets left, curry dip, by the way. Yeah, nice. And no, that's a good shot. I tipped them out because I was like, I need to get through this. <laughs> I, I'll be annoyed later if I, I look back and I think of the nuggets I could have eaten. Yeah, but you've you've just missed the whole beauty of the nuggets though, which is the box you can take them in. Well, I was going to get on the bus and I, I, I couldn't really move after, so <laughs> I needed to get them down there. Right. A woman actually came up to me to check I was okay because I was struggling so bad with these nuggets. Were you by yourself? Yeah, yeah. Oh, amazing. I, was, I was on my own. Amazing. Just, so in the Cheltenham one, you've got oh, the tills at the front and then it kind of comes round. And so it's almost behind yeah. the back the yeah, yeah, tills. Know, yeah. And so I was sat there on my own, yeah. And someone walked and the first time I thought I made it like I'm in trouble here was someone walked over like they were going to come and sit next to me like oh, took a God. look and then walked away like thought you were a wrong I don't, end. I don't need to be seeing that while you're I'm you're a wrong end yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just hunched over like, fucked get me yeah. through get me you, through um, these nuggets do you remember when um, I won't name his name 
but a certain someone that I was out with on a night out stole from McDonald's that um, baby high chair. No, I don't think I was there. You weren't there. No, 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 you okay, weren't. You no. weren't there. But he, um, I was out with him, um, and he stole. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. You don't like him. Okay. Well, um, he stole well, this. He stole this. Steals for babies, so it feels like I'm a he good. He stole this character. McDonald's high chair and like ran out and then just like disappeared into the night. And then the next day, McDonald's Gloucester put CCTV stuff up on Facebook and like three, four people just atted him straight away. <laughs> and then he, I think, weirdly, I think he was in hospital with like kidney issues. He's a proper alcoholic. Like he was in hospital with kidney issues, and the police rocked up to Gloucester Royal. Like, did you steal this high chair from McDonald's? Brackets, you did. Sort of thing. Um, I'll tell you who it was after the pod because you oh, fucking hate him. But oh, as I say, good judge of character. Uh, yeah, people no, usually judge me that you I, are. You know, you are a good judge of character. Actually, I prefer a plain McFlurry. I don't know why I'd want chunks of my ice cream. Uh, vanilla ice cream. P- people always say about the term vanilla. Vanilla ice cream is the best ice cream. Yeah, I like. I do like vanilla ice cream. But if we're going down the ice cream route, what's your favourite Ben and Jerry's? Do you like cookie dough? Yeah, the because that's very chunky, but it is nice. So. When I if I get Hagen dazs I get the plain vanilla and I just sit and I have one of them. I can't remember the last time I had Hagen dazs Ben and Jerry's is usually my go-to treat for ice cream. I don't usually get ice cream. No, Ben and Jerry's is. I kind of ice cream's a summer thing for there's me. There's a point when I say right, right when you first turn, not sixteen because sixteen you start making money, but not enough money that you can be too frugal with it. Sixteen, 18, you and I were working at the co-op. Yeah, but eighteen. How much were we making? 18 when you're doing more hours or whether you're, wherever you're working yeah. and you start getting it's enough to wage, have more disposable cash yeah. is when <clears> you can see that £3.50 offer and then it can make sense because you're still paying £3.50 for ice cream. But initially, yeah. when you start seeing that, it charms you. You get to a point now where it's like, yeah, I know. No, I'm not surely gonna... no one buys this when it's yeah, full price and even when it's on offer, it's still expensive. 18 so. is when you start spending all your money on food. We spent it on Subway and we spent it on clothes, which looking back at photos, we never should have bought. <laughs> um, I mean, 16, I think I was just buying fucking protein shakes. I always just feel shit after a Ben and Jerry's as well, so... Yeah, anyway, this isn't a Ben and Jerry's podcast. This <laughs> is about the founder... However, who- Ben and Jerry's... Oh no, it wasn't Ben and Jerry's. It was Innocent Smoothie. Shout out to yeah. Innocent Smoothie. I was about to don't say shout they, them out. They were they were quite dis- disparaging. The fact that they mentioned the pod is a dub. Yeah. Well, anyway, get on, get on with it. Come on. Come before on. I forget this, by the way, something that they could have included in the film. Ray Kroc <laughs> served in the army. Yeah. Underage, he just lied about his age and went <laughs> to the training, which is all in line <laughs> with his character. He met someone else there that was also lying about their age. Mm. Walt Disney. Really? He later wrote to Walt Disney basically to say, please start selling McDonald's at Disneyland. At Disney. And he aired it. And then after he died, they, they got it in there. Shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, do you know what? Uh, the films that are like this, though, and just general stories, which you hear about back in the day, I feel like the world was a much smaller place back then <laughs> yeah. because it just feels like you bumped into someone. It's like that person went on to become yeah. so-and-so. Like nowadays, it's just like, well, you're not anyone. You're one of eight billion. So same question as always. What do you think the critics thought of this film? I always say the same thing. They, they liked it because yeah. you know the fact that we're doing films that we like now. Well, it was far more of a thing. And I guess there's some coming up, like Piranha was surprising that was critics did like yeah, it. it was a niche but yeah. we had a phase of the first bracket we did was comedy mm. and 
it was like a competition between critics of who could say the most horrendous thing about Adam Sandler. <laughs> like they were comparing his films to being worse than going have to get an abortion and things like that. And they're writing well, these in like mainstream critics, print. Critics are usually just failed actors. Sorry. Sorry if you're a critic listening. I mean, technically we're critics now, I guess. I actually applied but, for me and Keenan at the time to be uh, proof critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And yeah. And they probably had one look and were like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, I guess the jury's out. You could say I'm a failed actor. Just want uh, those uh, passes to get into the <clears> film <throat> festivals, basically. Yeah. Um, sorry to keep going off topic, but Adam Sandler is a poor man's Ben Stiller. I think, oh, that's ridiculous. I think we can, we can all agree on that. No, ridiculous. But two great actors. Ben Stiller brought he's, me to tears in The Secret actor. Life of Walter Mitty. Good film. Very nice and film. You're going to say Click. Adam Sandler brought me to tears and click. I don't think I've cried at a Sandler film. Hmm. I'm laughing. Probably the closest with... Uh, Weirdest line in that film is when um, his dad refers to his dick as a tic-tac and he says, come here, I'll freshen your breath. <laughs> most emotion- <laughs> Weird as fuck. Most emotional Sandler's made me is probably... Um, the water boy? W- no, when the kid is uh, being taken away in Big Daddy. Oh, well, okay, that's weird. We're doing that in a couple of weeks. So. Okay, right, yeah. <laughs> nice plug. Um, the founder is a showcase for quality and excellence, both behind the lens and in front. The latter, thanks to stellar performances led by Michael Keaton. Yeah. The founder shows us how Croc became a success, but skirts telling us the cost of that success and the end results. It wants to have its quarter pounder and eat it too. <laughs> nice. Nice. To wander into this film would reveal a treat. To plan around it a disappointment. Like a trip to McDonald's, managed expectations go a long way. Mm. I like the analogy. Don't necessarily agree. Although this whole film feels, feels, feels bad like for a, a film that we're gonna talk about. I would never oversell this film. Yeah, I know what you mean. This film it feels like um it's almost like a document, isn't it? It doesn't it, was, it doesn't it's, it hasn't got the glitz and glamour of most films. It's very A to B to C to D. No, I think a lot of people saw it one because it's about McDonald's and two yeah. One of the main reviews was like, if you like The Social Network, go and watch this. Nah, it's not the same. It's not the same sort of film. Do you well, think it is? Ethically, I think, is, oh, yeah, is yeah, the way eth- people are pointing that direction. Um, but it hasn't got the highs and lows of um, Social no, it's, Network. It's, it's less slick and it doesn't try to yeah. be as slick. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah. The founder may not be as wholesome as the global market brand suggests, but it is an engaging story about the great idealism and darker reality of American capitalism. Yeah. Belying its premise, The Founder is a terrific movie offering a surprise amount of fast food for thought. All the puns coming out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a good place to start is what this film is actually about. The star of the film. <laughs> and I've got a number of ones we'll go through. Yeah. So... The big who is the star for you, Keaton? Well, we're about to go through him, okay? Because it doesn't necess- it's not necessarily always a person, <laughs> okay? The big golden M, <laughs> front and center on the poster, yeah. But is this a film about food? Um, I think it is. A f- it's a film about capitalism, and it's a film about greed. Food and greed go hand in hand, <laughs> as uh, you know, obviously. Augustus Gloop. Augustus Gloop, yeah. It's a film (laughs) about gluttony. Is this even a film about McDonald's as much as it's a film about Ray Kroc? No, now you're getting silly. It is a film about McDonald's. No, these are genuine 
It is a film about McDonald's. Because I'm going to ask, like, but the two and two, the two do go together. But it is still when when you're watching the film all the way through, you you do just kind of take yourself out of the film and go. <laughs> they're talking about McDonald's. Well, that's the thing. so you go to see a film about McDonald's, and does it feel like a film about McDonald's as much as a film about this specific person who happened to be involved in McDonald's? Are you? I mean, yeah. It is about McDonald's. Did you sit there loving it? We're going to get to that. So they didn't need McDonald's permission. No. They had the rights to the Ray Kroc biography. And according to the director, McDonald's acknowledged that the filmmakers had the right to make the film, but they made very clear, we aren't going to be involved. Like You think McDonald's Mm. and film tie-ins goes back as far as when we've been born we're going to speak about McDonald's again a bit later but it's a long time ago that well, I remember, all this I remember shit Space Jam toys yeah <clears throat> yeah um, but all the events of this film have taken it, that was a it was a different it was a different beast that McDonald's then was a different yeah. beast to what it is nowadays so according to interviews with the filmmakers there was nothing no participation by McDonald's and they got around the use of the IP through a fair use exemption with copyright as long as the production portrayed everything as true to life as possible, similar to like a documentary recreation, they were okay. They didn't have to ask permission for anything. Yeah, it, it does play out like a documentary. And, that, and that's why I was asking the McDonald's question because I didn't expect like something glow, some like glowing fries like the guitar in Wayne's World. Yeah. Like, yeah. But there was no close up of some piping hot fries. No. There was no close up of a burger. There was. Mm. Mm, there's there's montage shots, but there's no there's nothing there's no shot that I feel there's is no in real there product to, placement to, is there there's there's no shot that it's is not selling you a whopper. Well, even I'm trying to think of like an extreme. If you look at the way SpongeBob is with a Krabby Patty, and that's yeah. an animated burger, and yeah. the way they can put this front and center, yeah. and they can tell yeah. you this is the most yeah, glorious yeah, yeah, yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. No, it doesn't nev- do that. It, there's never it's an attempt. That's because it's not trying to sell McDonald's, is it? So that's the point yeah. I was making in that yeah, it's I'm, a film by McDonald's, but this, if they took all the branding out of this, it's a you film wouldn't about look at McDonald's. this and say that's McDonald's food. Do you know, it's a film about McDonald's, but it doesn't have the same agenda that the McDonald's that we know and love. So if you think has people, if you think people are going into the film to see a film about McDonald's, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily feel like that, or it's certainly not what you'd expect with the way they present food. But what but yeah, I guess so. But then what are these people I mean, what is the um you know, what is the, the market for this film? Well, what, are people some, going in there expecting to see a big fuck off clown? No, I think you could see something like uh, a slow motion, is it not in slow motion, but a moment of him like trying the chips and him describing to you like we all know what McDonald's chips are like and there's a little thing, oh it's well, fluffy they're very hit and miss depending on where you go. But you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah, all yeah, yeah. biting into a bit oh my god, this is best burger I've tasted and then mm. reference something. I watched recently, and you may or may not have seen this, the trailer for the new Air film with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Nope. So the film is about the Air Jordan brand and them signing up Michael Jordan. Uh And at the end of the trailer, there's something where they say, uh, you know, I'm thinking of the name Air Jordan. And Affleck's character says, no, that's ridiculous. Mm. And because we know what happens, it's like a wink to the camera. Yeah. You could have done something here, and this isn't a criticism, this is just a suggestion of what you could do with McDonald's. Mm. Something like where someone suggests a third piece of bread in a burger, 
And someone would say something like, well, that would never catch on. Yeah. When the Big Mac is like the most iconic thing yeah, I know. with McDonald's. And do that's you, what I mean. There's do nothing- they have a bit of that? Does no, there's there's no not with the the milk machines, the strawberry milk, the um, milkshake machines. No, because by the time it oh it goes back to us, it goes back to being milk and ice cream. So that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Is they don't glamorize McDonald's in the way that you would think they would, and that we know now we know why now. I guess it's because everything that works when it's just the two brothers running that small store, everything that works in their store is what works for the McDonald's we know today, which yeah. is you know basically fast food. That's that's. Yeah. That's kind of their whole premise, right? In 1961 is when Ray Kroc purchased all the rights to McDonald's. I'd love to live in the 60s. The, the first item he added to the national menu yeah. was the filet of fish. <laughs> Your favourite. A Luke Byron favourite. Wouldn't you just love to live in the 60s? It just, it no. just Why? Just when everything I'm was happy, just starting, you just think but of the 60s as just colour and happiness and good times. Do you know what they brought times. in the filet of fish, by the way? Go on. Bring in the Catholics on Fridays. Is that real? Yeah. Nice. Um, it was advertised it was advertised as the fish that catches the people well they the real ending they should have had here was the unveiling of the filet of fish is (laughs) what I've been getting at this whole time (laughs) I think I've only ever had one filet of fish it's never my go it's never because you know you've just slated people that go to McDonald's and order a chicken burger you've gone in and gone for fish well no but but Um, one thing you're clearly missing there (laughs) oh the beef as well Right, okay. So it's just just to cleanse the palate. Exactly. Right. So yeah, that 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 was all I was saying. The first time I watched it in the cinema, I remember coming out of it and I had to walk I'm sorry, past. wait, I've just been completely distracted. I've sat in your room about a thousand times. I've never noticed that there's a burger on your actual desk. Yeah. Right, Luke has got stickers all over his room and there is a burger sticker look, on... Has, look on the laptop. I feel like I've noticed that, but I've just repressed it. Filet of fish sticker. Yeah, that's really thrown me off. Okay. So yeah, that that was it. It was the first time I watched it. I remember having to walk past McDonald's on the way out. And Did you watch it in Cheltenham? Yeah. Yeah. And the second time I watched it in subsequent times, it felt less of a... If anything, I think it maybe puts you off going to McDonald's because you realise what a bastard so this was. What a scumbag kind of and company it is. Look, we'll, we'll get into that then. So... I'm quite ignorant when it comes to McDonald's. I, I'm not, in terms of like, I don't know if we're going to go down the whole vegetarian, vegan route and all no. that sort of stuff, but I don't know what um, it does for the environment and stuff. They say that it's all ethically... Oh, I'll be honest with you, I'm the just last ignorant. thing in my mind is I eat a Big Mac is... Yeah, exactly. I go in and I'll, I'll order a fuck ton of food, eat it and walk out and I don't realize, I don't know if I've just killed I a thousand a, cows or a thousand acres of land. I saw I don't a know. clip recently of an old Jamie Oliver show where yeah. he basically shows all these disgusting bits of chicken and it's mm. like the foot of a chicken and all these other bits and he's showing them to kids and he says, the whole, yeah. this is what goes into your chicken nuggets and he blends it up in front of them and he puts it out and slathers <laughs> it down and it's this big thick paste yeah. and he gets to the end and it's the most disgusting thing you'll see and he says, knowing all that, would you eat that? And every single kid puts their hand up and goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're he just, just puts not gonna, hands, You're like, not going to win, are you? Kids no. want to eat fast food. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, yeah. So the framing of Ray Kroc is maybe the most interesting dilemma in this film. Not so much for us as viewers, but as a director and as kind of the mission of the film. To make him likable slash despisable. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's mesmerised by 
its hero is the way I've seen it described is they're almost in awe of this guy and the way they paint him and it's it's very Michael Keaton does a fantastic job he doesn't miss Michael Keaton no, anything he does this doesn't. is part of his second run where yeah, he kind of kicks yeah, back yeah. in he we've done spotlight recently he actually just doesn't miss yeah. but they present him like this maestro someone that we should be in awe of his drive his passion his failure to give up his self-confidence mm. but partly because there has to be some conflict in this film they ask us to question his ethics, his ruthlessness, his pursuit of the American dream, which yeah. I actually think there's some subtext about the reality of the American dream. Have you ever well. read um, The Death of a Salesman? Oh, no, I didn't that. do it at school, but I'm familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's basically the character, yeah. Willie Loman, is 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 basically exactly the same character. You you kind of hate him, but you also root for him. What? It's really like, it's really strange. I read a piece about the film and a quote stood out to me. They, re- they referenced um, Francis Truffaut a French director from the 50s. Okay. And he wrote a piece and he was speaking about anti-war films and the massive drive of those in the 50s. Yeah. And he said that the real problem with them as a filmmaker is that war is inherently cinematic and thus um, by showing it on... Um, the profitable. Well, just yeah. by showing war on screen, if you're trying to make a film about against war, yeah. war, as a cinema goer, yeah. you put war on the screen... It's visceral, yeah. Your whole message now has just gone war. because now yeah. I just want to see more war yeah. and explosions yeah, yeah, yeah. and guns. Yeah. And so the audience just gets swept up in that. Mm. And it's then hard to get the audience behind your message. Yeah. Makes it sense. can be confused in that regard. And so we almost marvel at the accomplishment while acknowledging that Ray Kroc is a piece of shit. He is. In the yeah. same way a proper piece with of shit. Jordan Belfort and Wolf of Wall Street, where. Mm. I'll mention a comparison there a little later on. I would, I'd actually say Belfort is arguably more likable. Well, the the difference, and I don't know why, because he affects more people. I know exactly people. why. The the difference with Wolf of Wall Street is, I guess, both of these films present you with people that may seem interesting, but within ten minutes of meeting them, you'd want to be on the other side of the room. They would just do your head in. You would want no association with them for the most part. Um, I think people would rather hang out with with Belfort. When Wolf of Wall Street, they don't present us with a sympathetic side. The people that he screws over are never on screen. Yeah, true. They're they're on the other end of a phone. Yeah, true. Here, and we'll speak about the brothers in just a I moment. I love the brothers. We put them on screen, and so they provide they're the, the antithesis to yeah, his character. Heart. Yeah, it's true. And yeah, you really get to they, know them. They try and just give us these guys who are bastards who get things done and everyone else has to suffer with their actions he has that quote later on where he says well you two boys were content to sit back and become a couple of also rans I want to take the future I want to win and you don't get there by being some oh shucks guy there's no place in business for people like that business mm-hmm. is war yeah. it's dog eat dog rat eat rat if my competitor was drowning I'd walk over and put a hose right in his mouth yeah. can you say the same that's the one that sticks with you isn't it the hose comment is like oof. well then also the most important part of the film for me is that not only does Mac McDonald disagree he says nor would I want to yeah and that's the real difference in yeah the mindset two of the characters. two yeah do you... Um, but then, if you ask us which character we'd want to stay with the rest of the film, no contest. <laughs> I really like Mac. He's my favourite character in this film. If you get asked to see the Michael Keaton, Ray Kroc film... Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you um, do you think Donald Trump has watched this film? You know, so, Donald Trump's a big fan of McDonald's, and I don't know whether that's... Well, it's funny you mention him, because part of the success of this film is it came out at a time when 
the character Ray Kroc was just massively compared to Donald Trump. I think, and yeah, because move he makes, and it was acknowledged on all the breakfast shows. He and- used to have that button, didn't he, on his desk where they would bring out a Big Mac. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that's just like farce, but I think it um, is actually real because I think Biden's got an ice cream one. I also wouldn't want to know if that's fake. Yeah, I know, but I think he does. Like he said that McDonald's is like his favorite restaurant and stuff. But there, there is big similarities between the two, isn't there? For sure. Yeah. Ultimately, the the thing I was getting at from the start is, do you think the director is caught in two minds and is unsure as to how immoral he wants to present Ray Kroc because there's worse ways they could have presented him but Michael Keaton is just so damn charismatic or do you think I feel he, sorry for him at start you definitely feel sorry for him so at that's, start so do you think they're trying to play both sides or they're just trying to leave it as open-ended as possible because in line with what you've just said there I think we're supposed to feel sorry for him right up until the point when money starts changing hands. He's presented as this kind of sad, down-on-his-luck guy chasing one last shot of redemption. Yeah. And then what follows isn't a Rocky story. It's mm. like, it's, it's, yeah. it's quite the opposite. He starts preying on the Rocky characters. Yeah. He... Um, I I think it, it makes you ask the question, do you hate the man or do you hate the machine? Because he is just a product of... Maybe he's a product of capitalism. He's a product of America at the time. I was American now. I don't know. We're not American. But the UK runs very similar economy. I guess it's like, you know, like you watch these, you watch these assholes on The Apprentice and they're all just, <laughs> not so much nowadays because The Apprentice is more like Love Island nowadays when it is like The Apprentice that me and you are used to with like the badger and all that, <laughs> um, where they were literally at each other's like necks trying to get to the top and you just think I mean at the end when they leave the boardroom they still shake hands and stuff because yeah. it's never personal <laughs> I guess it's that it, it's kind of highlighting what business is to business people and if those two brothers went into business they never should have signed a contract with the devil really no well some reviews have complained that the founder doesn't present Ray Kroc as sufficiently complicated or even compromised in what he's doing and to that I would say that... Uh, it definitely gets well, to be more of an asshole at the end where he starts well, yeah, being sarcastic and snarky. They almost want to see him suffer for his greed, but yeah. we shouldn't have to pretend that just because someone's made a lot of money that they're also then some interesting soul or like a powerful mind. Sometimes it is just sheer determination. Yeah, grit, yeah. And so maybe they don't present him as a complicated character because he isn't. A complicated character. You get those. You get those part. Uh, those points when he's in the bank, and then they're like, "Oh, aren't you the? Um, I don't know. Aren't you the pencil guy, or aren't you the so and so guy?" But even in those points, it's got to the point then that you don't. I don't. I don't feel sorry for him at those points. I'm just like, "Yeah, you used to be an embarrassment." So usually, the point where they do those scenes is at the start of the film, and it's supposed to justify why this protagonist then becomes the goes asshole. down yeah. in a moral route. Well, yeah. not even so much that, but it's it's supposed to justify why this guy who's never crossed a road without waiting for mm. the green light before Stuck he's now going to go and rob a bank yeah. and yeah. he's going to screw someone over yeah. because he's got a family to feed and he's got this and that. Yeah. Ray you don't Kroc feel I don't feel sorry for him at those points. I I it kind of makes me I don't know, it, it in a weird in a weird way it makes me dislike him even more in those scenes because I'm like look at what you used to be and look, now look at you you're trying to screw over these two well, yeah. good lads. Well at the start I think they do 
I think you do feel some sympathy towards him. He, they do a very good job at the start of that speech that he repeats, becoming more and more tired. Yeah, and he but he, it starts off really well. He's looking into the camera, isn't he? And yeah. he's saying the speech, and you're actually like, "This is quite endearing," and like, "I'm, I'm on, I'm on board here." And then it gradually gets more and more tragic and just well, mechanical. You, you hear that he's been listening to something and just repeating the lines. He's a grifter, basically. Yeah, that that's weird to me as well. Like that scene, <laughs> that scene where he puts the record on that kind of shows how how dated the film is in the sense of where it's set because nowadays we have shitty Instagram quotes or we have little TikTok videos on that. yeah we've got little TikTok videos where it's like you can do this you're everything yeah. and there it's like this guy is actually taking a record out of a case and playing that bullshit well they tick all the boxes early on he has the financial trouble he's a guy who's presented as hard work and which is always a big thing in, in films you can't be lazy and also be struggling because yeah then you won't, get, these the, you won't get the sympathy. No. Yeah. And he goes home and he's got this supporting wife that's waiting for him. And she's yeah, giving she's him an pep absolute talks. Dime. She's Lauren a gem. Dern, and she's like, she's his gem. back and yeah. all of these things. And then really, I guess the question is whether the true side of him comes out at the end. As in, do you think it was always hidden? Changed. Do you think it was always yeah, hidden? Yeah, he kind it of was he always there. kept it back until he had the opportunity. He just wasn't in a position to be able to act like that. Yeah. Earlier maybe. in the film. Yeah. Because with know, the they, brothers, say, they say money changes you, don't they? Me and you have never had money, so we can't comment <laughs> on that. But like, yeah, they they say it changes you. Well, with the with the brothers, I thought the main task, and we've spoken about it briefly, is offsetting the charisma of Keaton because it would be very easy. Wolf of Wall Street, which is the comparison I use again, although there's a lot more differences than similarities. Mm. Jordan Belfort does charm you through the screen. And every so often, certainly in the first half, you have to remind yourself on the come up. <laughs> yeah. This guy's a dick. Yeah, because yeah. He, he goes the Robin Hood route, doesn't he? Like, I'm screwing people over, but it's only people who can afford it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll get it back. They got all this. Yeah. In this, they offset it with the two brothers who were... Who two brothers who brilliant. have done... They've done really well and they've done really well because they've grafted for 20 years. Yeah, I think with the way the sympathetic way they're presented they actually present the real American dream at dinner when mm-hmm. they tell you their story they yep. were down on their luck they had a grand idea yep. they made several sacrifices and eventually found success yep. Ray Kroc sees that success and decided that crushing their spirit was a worthwhile trade just, in exchange for his fulfilment yeah he just bastardizes it yeah and Nick Offerman and John Carroll Lynch are so good as the brothers like yeah. they convey both betrayal and helplessness really well. They do a lot of close-ups in the the latter half of the film. Mm. I actually thought it was more impressive with John Carroll Lynch because yeah, me we, too. we did my, Zodiac so my, recently. Yeah, he is my favourite out of the two. Well, I thought what was impressive was in Zodiac, he's this intimidating presence we see in the interrogation scene that somehow... Yeah, he's menacing. Well, in here, he manages to look feeble and scared he's, while trying to stand up for himself. Yeah, he's a so, lovable oaf in this film. And that's what I mean. So, yeah. because he raises his voice yeah. and he gets his back up, and yet, it's not scary. The, not the, the body language that he's able to portray, mm. it's so subtle because yeah. physically, he's not doing much different to no. his Zodiac no, no, in no, that no. scene. Particularly no. when he stares down Gyllenhaal at the end. Yeah. There's not a lot of changes in what no, he's no. actually putting on screen. He's just really good. He's yeah. just very good. He he is just a lovable oaf in this compared to, um, it's it's like it's almost like Shrek, isn't it? Yeah. You got like all the villagers scared of Shrek, but then when he's with like Donkey, you're like, oh, he's actually all right. All right. Yeah. He the opening lines of this film that 
you mentioned. Now, I know what you're thinking. How the heck does a 52-year-old over-the-hill milkshake salesman build a fast food empire with 16,000 restaurants in 50 states in five foreign countries with an annual revenue in the neighborhood of 700 million? Yep. One word, persistence. Nothing in this world can take the place of good old persistence. Talent won't. Nothing's more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Also, do you think it makes a difference that Scorsese really seduces you with the lifestyle in Wolf of Wall Street? And usually in the film, when someone becomes filthy rich, that is the first thing we see. We see them, even if they're just driving out with a new car from a dealership as part of a montage. The line from Wolf of Wall Street that gets me is when he says, last year I made 48 million, which really pissed me off because that was one short of a million a week. And you're just like, fuck, even nowadays, that's insane. Back then, like that... Yeah, I really think the the brothers just have such an important job here because you're almost ambivalent towards his downfall in Wolf of Wall Street. Like you're not willing for it to happen, but you're not rooting against it, and you're not kind of joyful when it happens. You're just following along it's the like, film. It's like you said earlier. It's because those other people aren't personalized. If you, if the only person that's kind of properly personalized in the Wolf of Wall Street is the wife that he like cheats on, I guess, and then even. Um, What's um, Jonah well, Hill's character called? He, even his friends get kind of shot yeah. on a little bit, don't they? Isn't? Um, but then they're all in on it together, John so that's Ber- why. Berthnall, isn't it? That's John Bernthal. Yeah, he's that's the guy who gets arrested. Yeah. Um, yeah. The brothers. The brothers from the start. You literally. You literally get told their story, and you're like, "Wow, that's really impressive." And then you watch their collective demise whilst you watch his. Well, up, I also think it's, guess, it's different. Word. Even if you didn't know outright the story going in, I, I think didn't. you were well aware that, no, like for Wolf for Wall Street, I think oh. you know that it's it's your classic House of Cards scenario. Yeah. And Scarface, mm. we, well, you kind of know with a lot of these films, that's the way they're going to go you out. You know the start and the end, really. The fact that we know how successful McDonald's is, like mm. there isn't one person that went in and thought oh, McDonald's might go down here. No, I genuinely thought di- McDonald's was just one dude. So, so the point I'm making maybe is in that my head I thought he, it was Ronald McDonald as well. So, uh, what I was going to make is maybe we aren't as resentful of Croc if we were well aware that your time's coming at the end of this film, and we've just got to sit back, relax. We can enjoy True. everything you're radiating at the start of this film because True. now we're going to enjoy the downfall even more. Yeah, we don't get that with this. We're well aware that as he's on the way up. The only way is up. He only gets richer. He lives quite a up. nice, uh, fruitful life, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't think he gets his comeuppance. Doesn't, and his wife, his, his second wife. Yeah. Because she gets done dirty, the first one. Yeah. Um, she, when he dies, she do, doesn't, she donate it all to charity or something. Most of it, yeah. Because even then, even then, and you're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe then they're, they're not that bad. But well, then it's still they were like, a part of that state. Yeah, he's exactly. already died. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was reading a kind of, and I, I, I'm i always sketchy of whether to do it with bar picks is whether to read the truth or not. Hmm. One of the things was like false about the way they got divorced. And then I read the truth and the truth is he actually told most of her family members weeks before he eventually divorced her because that he, he resented, was going to divorce her. Yeah, because he resented hell, her that much scumbag. by that stage. And what it's like, scumbag. they're not making this any better. Yeah, what a scumbag. <laughs> he has a daughter they just don't include in the film. With her? Yeah. Mm. Um, let's talk about the story scene, because in terms of best scenes, this really is one of the uh, high points. 
we'll talk about the scene where he visits McDonald's in a second because I think this is a natural lead on. So the music here is actually really pleasant in uh, the kind of story scene. It's a it sounds like a breezy summer's day. It's the just like scene. so yeah, him taking them out and them explaining yeah, 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 how they yeah. got to where they are, and it just sounds like it's full of pride. I guess it's um, a nice fun little scene. Yeah, they, they start telling their tale. Uh, yeah. They finish each other's sentences yeah, yeah, and cute. tee each other up like prestige worldwide. Yeah, it's cute. It's cute. We see the tennis court and how they show it like a conductor in an orchestra. You see how such a good... That's my favourite scene, by the way. Yeah. But you see how such a good team they are well, um, as well. like Because, you know, we've we both got brothers. Yeah. It's not always happy-go-lucky like that. Well, they play through... Uh, Music for a Found Harmonium by the Penguin Cafe Orchestra, which okay. I would have known that by name, but no. as soon as I heard it, I was like, I've heard that before. I've heard that where what I've heard it from. Yeah. And I mean, everyone would have heard that tune before that they just bring in for this scene. And then we get the low point again. We get the flies in the lights uh, ruining the opening. You would think that would, that would fuck it, wouldn't you? Do you know... The f- imagine flies everywhere whilst you're tucking into a burger for the first time. You're always going to think, I had about eight flies in my mouth whilst I ate that. Do you know how they shot that? No. An incredibly powerful fan. Yeah. And Cocoa Pops. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I love practical yeah. effects. That's so good. Yeah. That, then, that's made me want to rewatch it yeah. immediately. I love that. We get the, the, they feed the little boy when they get their happy ending is everyone starts to come through. Yeah. And it's in that moment they let Ray Kroc into their lives. Um, mm-hmm. They got a great quote with that scene where they say, we were an overnight sensation 30 years in the making. It's, it's a way for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. A really good scene. Just the joy coming out of them, the pride in what they've done. And the, it's not the first time they've told the story clearly. Like this is a rehearsal. Yeah, routine. they relish they relish in it. Excuse the pun. But um, the... That scene where they're in the um, tennis courts and he's mapping out the perfect um, kind of setup for the kitchen. That is that is my favourite scene of the film. I think that scene's so well done. They're all like scooting around each other and like darting back and forth. Do you know what? It, it reminds me of being at drama school where you used to have to do crossing. shit like that. Yeah, it, well, <laughs> it literally reminds me of just like the director shouting, okay, do this. And you're just, everyone's just miming stuff together and you're all zip zapping around each other. In comparison, um, the scene where Ray Kroc orders from McDonald's for the first time, yeah. he receives his burger, fries, and Coke, and then acts like a caveman discovering <laughs> fire. <laughs> He's going, "What's this? I only just ordered. Where do I?" I also eat have it? to. I also have to say about that scene: the guy serving him, the most enthusiastic man in America I, at that point in time. I wrote down in my notes. Um, <laughs> We've worked in retail. If I'm getting asked these stupid questions with a cue like that, we I'm we didn't do well in retail. That. We weren't suited for retail. What do you mean? I've got we weren't I'm suited for retail. No, regularly that I've got fantastic customer service. You were always very good at bagging. Like I've said, that scene in Love Actually where Rowan Atkinson bags the uh, the necklace. That's what you oh, were like. Very insulted. Would you like a bag, sir? I'm Would my like customer it? service is very good. Gift wrapped. My telephone. That's what you were like. My telephone man is slightly better than in person. But no, no, we weren't suited for retail. Because Luke, the fact that we used to de- deliberately try and make each other laugh whilst we were on the tills, and people would look behind, we'd be stood behind the customers doing shit to each other to try and make each other laugh, or writing messages on the screen. Ch- charming that is. <laughs> I mean, some of the other quotes I've got down here. Uh, 
Where do I quotes that we'd write on the screen? Where do I eat it? Why anywhere in your car at the park at your house? Yeah. Where are the plates? Just eat the damn food, and <laughs> yeah, then maybe the point that's yeah. even worse: the family on the bench. If you ask me to move up, and then you and three kids want to share this bench I know, also, I know. you ask you ask to share the bench. Think about it though; it is people. weird. Think about it. How many? I mean, like you go to a restaurant when you sit in a restaurant, you do one of the first things you get given is a knife and fork. It is fucking weird. I know we're we're used to it because this we've is been fast to food. Yeah, I know, but you got to think the first time. It is weird. That is strange. Well, he, he's walked past because he's marvelling around. This is the second time he's attended yeah, the place. Yeah. He's looked around. Everyone's doing it. The burger part, he wasn't waiting for a knife and fork for. The plate, he's literally a been burger, given it. It's weird if you eat a burger with a knife and fork He's been given it in a anyway. bag, which I but think, chips. You which chips I think should show something. Mm. And everyone, like something out of an advert, is just staring and grinning at their burger like... Um, the thing is, I mean, you're partial to a... Fish and chips. You like a fish and yeah. chips from Queens. So you have that delivered, but you're, I know you're going to eat your fish with a knife and fork, but I bet you're still eating those chips with a fork. You don't have to. Yeah, but if I was eating out, then I would eat with my hands. I, I'm ordered in. So this is the whole thing. It's fast food. Like what? they're out. I've ordered in so I can have my plate and I can have my cutlery. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know what you meant then. Yeah, true. True. And. Yeah, everyone grinning like someone like that smile film at their burger. Yeah. Reminds me of those awful Good film smile. Instagrams and TikToks you used to see of uh birds posting. People need to stop taking photos of their food before they eat it on, the, on the, Instagram. Those old gets on my fucking nerves. Those old me before Who are you trying and to impress? after I eat videos used to kill me. Who are you trying to impress? Just acting proper bitchy and then go, oh, I've not eaten yet. Do you know what? I, I say that. I did it once recently because I was in Ireland and it was the best steak I've ever seen. And I did put a photo on my Instagram. But it stuck with me for the rest of the night that I put that photo on Instagram. You made a mistake. Mistake. Very good. But even like a few people commented saying that looks amazing. But is this what like birds get all the time? Every time they put a photo of their salad up, are they like all their egg and avocado toast? Are they like, oh my God. I took a picture of my salad on Tuesday. It was looking good. Did you post it? No, no. Right. So what's that even? That's even weirder. Why did you take a photo of it? So I could tell someone had a salad. <laughs> Luke, the results that I'm seeing are telling enough yeah. that you've been eating your salad. You um, look great. When he's he's doing the tour, and he outlines speed. That's the name of the game. The first stop for every McDonald's hamburger is the grill, manned by two cooks whose sole job it is to cook all those beef patties to perfection. Mm. Meanwhile, as the patty cooks, our dresses get the buns ready, and then you get the little burger crossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every McDonald's burger has two pickles, a pinch of onions, and a precise shot of ketchup pickles. and mustard. I'm sick to death of those gherkins. And that's the best thing about McDonald's. You just slated the chips, which I find you a gherkin, egregious. Man. Yeah. No, not at all. Get rid of them. Five guys, get the pickles on there. No. Consistency no. is the name of the game of McDonald's. Five that's- guys. Five guys, you need to take a mortgage out to eat. Was there a Five Guys in Gloucester? Is there a Five Guys in Gloucester? There is, because I've been going recently and after making a mistake. <laughs> You're going back on your salad claims now. So there was a Friday, so I have what I want on a Friday. So, right. But, you know, I, thankfully I can't profess to know any heroin dealers. When, but was the, when was the last time you had Five Guys? Last Friday. Hmm. Is that why you were walking funny? So... <laughs> 
I know that you see on the wire or whatever, they basically, they give you the sample of heroin that reels you in and I come back for more. <laughs> the sample of heroin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. A little hit, yeah. 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 A little, uh, little package. Yeah. I inadvertently, now people won't believe this, yeah. ordered three patties in my five guys. Mm. And after having that once, now I get the TP every time I go down there. Yeah. Triple patty. Five guys is nice, but f- that that to me is a treat. Like I, I asked you earlier, is McDonald's a treat to you? I, it's not to me really. <sighs> if I'm out, like I'll get a McDonald's quite brazenly. Like it's not, and and do you know what that makes sense? Because they say at the end of the film, McDonald's feeds one percent of the population yeah, every, every day. day. That's insane. But like many a time, I've been I've been part of that one percent. This feels a good time to cut away from the film for a second, and I've got some uh, McDonald's trivia for you. Actually. Nice, let's go. The chain's worst selling item ever. Yeah. Am I meant to was, guess? No, because oh. you wouldn't. Okay. The Hula Burger, right. invented by Ray Kroc, so it wasn't all genius. Mm. It was a meatless alternative for Catholics on Lent. It was a grilled piece of pineapple with a slice of cheese on it in a bun. <laughs> that sounds all right. You're laughing. I'd eat that. That sounds all right. Grilled pineapple. That doesn't sound too bad. Would you go to McDonald's? You go to McDonald's, they've got all those burgers there. And I'm from a very Irish Catholic family on Lent, and I'm, I'm, I haven't got many choices. Fillet of fish. Well, apparently so. No, because even on Lent, you can only have fish on Fridays. I thought Lent was always on Friday. What? Lent is Lent. What, so the whole... Lent, Lent goes on for like fucking 40, 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus Christ, you live next door to a church. You can't preach religion and then blaspheme in the next <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Fair enough. Doesn't work like that. Yeah, all right. Before chicken nuggets, they tried to sell onion nuggets, but they never caught on. Awful, awful idea. <laughs> Although onion rings, lovely. Onion nuggets. Uh, I feel, uh, that'd mm. be too thick. Yeah, it would. Yeah, that's too much, yeah. Um, in, 2012, <laughs> in 2012, Rebecca Spate of Nebraska auctioned off a truly one-of-a-kind possession on eBay. She sold this for $8,100. Go on. A chicken nugget that resembled George Washington. <laughs> Amazing. And eBay had to change their policies because you're not you can't sell food. you're not allowed to sell expired yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever have a birthday party at McDonald's? Yes. Um Yeah. No, I had a no, I had a birthday party at um, Burger King in the Peel Centre. No, not the Peel Centre. Where is it? Is it Peel Centre? No. The one the back where the thing. old back where the old cinema used to be. Burger King. Burger King. Where the old cinema used to be next to... Well, but so by, by party, I mean not just going for a Burger King with like five people. McDonald's... We went, you, we went to the cinema, then we went to Burger King. McDonald's used to have, in the one I think it was on... East Bristol, No, I think there's one on Bristol Road. Right. Uh, it, it had like a ball pit no. and a whole no. play area at no. the back and you could have a birthday party there and a McDonald's meal after. No, no. My mum and dad were quite strict on um, fast food growing up. Maybe it was because of the Irish Catholic thing. The only yeah. chips and meat that we were having were potatoes and proper, you know. We had one there and I remember um, a kid I went to school with, he, I wasn't allowed to open any presents from people at the party beforehand, but he told me what, I was guessing from uh He gave him. you the hit again. He I he told me I was getting uh this green Beyblade and it was nice. the, it was the one I wanted. I think the character's called like Max or something. It had it was a dragon basically and the little sticker in the middle. Yeah. And um me and my brothers Beyblades were so good. Well I don't know how my mum wouldn't know, but that's a weird way to phrase this sentence. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll Get explain immediately. Get on with it. We used to play with Beyblades in the bath. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. So, like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah no. it was like the biggest arena that yeah, you can have. No, I get that. We like did a, that. You can have like a three-man game. Yeah, we did that. We did that in the bath. And then hope my mum didn't know. But the one that I had um, <laughs> had like a a, a barbarian on the bottom, and it would chip rather than heavier. it being like a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, unreal. But yeah, that overshadowed the party. Cause I, I was a bit. Um, was open up I was a bit sadistic with Beyblades growing up. Me and Liam had a pot of. Um, Toy soldiers, you know, in um, you know, in Toy Story, those little army men, yeah, you know, the little soldiers, yep. the little green soldiers. We had a, we had a pot of them. I reckon there was about 200, 300 maybe, maybe there was only hundred, but there was a fucking lot of them. And we would spend what felt like a long time when you were a kid. It probably was about ten minutes, but it felt like an hour setting up all these toy soldiers. And then we would both get Beyblades and just rip these Beyblades into these soldiers in the the sole purpose of taking out as many soldiers as we could. Yeah, we were um. Yeah. They used to sell a bacon mac and cheese toasty in Japan, and it was one of the highest calorie items to ever hit McDonald's menu. Bacon mac and cheese, yeah, with you. The old mm-hmm. artery clogger. Well, I've mentioned uh, the Happy Meal toys, and I told the story on air before about smashing my nose in McDonald's, so don't need to What do was your favourite McDonald's Happy Meal toy? Well, I can only really remember that. Nothing's um, jumping out to me. Getting some Space Jam ones, but after that, there's not a lot Nothing's jumping out to me. I know me and my. Brothers used to pass to the people at McDonald's where you'd get your you'd toy, swap it. yeah, and go yeah, and ask. Swap it. Nothing wrong with that though. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But don't I, feel guilty about I remember that. My brother basically saying like, "We've I've already got this one. Yeah. Can I swap it?" And then they bring another one back. I'm like, I've got no, this can one you, too. Can you give me this specific yeah, yeah, one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that like no, I used to do that as well. But obviously there was no point because I don't fucking remember any of the toys oh. anyway. But yeah, I, and then you, but then when you when you were a kid asking that, it was like you were breaking the law. It's like. Oh, you say to my mum, but they're not, they're not going to let me. Of course they are. So in terms of the director's vision, they say most productions shoot minimum of 12 hours a day. Yeah. This one was roughly around eight every day. They say the director had such a clear vision. He was so well prepared. And unlike most directors, if he felt that he got something in the first take, he wouldn't do a second take. He would just take what he had. Well, fair enough. And... The whole shoot was uh, 22 days. Jesus Christ. I wouldn't... Do you know what? As an actor, I wouldn't like that, though. Uh, from an actor's perspective, if you're doing a take and then the director says, yeah, I'm happy with that cut, you you are meant to trust the director, but at the same time, you'd be a little bit like, well, well no, I've, I've learnt my lines and there's other things I want to play around with here. So the Coen brothers liked the script and they wanted to direct initially. It feels like a Coen brothers film. Um, but it really does. They had to turn it down because of scheduling conflicts with Hail Caesar. Hmm. Good film. Did you like Hail Caesar? I bet you did. Not didn't. seen it. Oh, it's good. In terms of casting, do you know who the first choice was for this? Turned it down? <sighs> Where are we? 2016, not 2017. 2016. Um, oh, fuck, I Tom Hanks. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah? No. Can you resent him enough? Oh, is Tom Hanks too likeable? What films is Tom Hanks a bastard in? They're, they're not out there, are they? No, the first one that popped his vibe was Polar Express, and he's a nice guy, really. He's just a bit stern. <laughs> yeah, he is. He just is sticking to the rules. He wants to get to where he wants yeah. to get to. The um, Michael Keaton fits it. Far. Michael Keaton, is, outside of Batman, has played, if not a villain, you're at least supposed to suspect that he could be a villain in almost every film we've seen him in in recent times. The mm. less 
I'll never understand the Birdman hype. I love Birdman. We, we've done that already. I love Birdman. I, I knew you were going to talk about Birdman at some point. We did I, knew, it with, I know that you don't like we it. We did it with Spotlight. So. Birdman's a great film. I love that film. I read trivia like this. Michael Keaton took piano lessons in prep for the movie after discovering the real Ray Kroc likes to play piano. You didn't do that for the movie. The movie was a good excuse for you to learn the piano because you've wanted to do it and you've got a lot of free time on your hands. You're not going to so talk about the piano scene, no? I mean, we can do, yeah. But... Did that is that factual? Did that happen? Yes. So suppose that is true. Although, although it wasn't, uh, it wasn't the restaurant owner's wife. Someone else. It was they someone her. else's wife. No. Oh. Yeah. And the restaurant owner good really was good trying scene of to making you good scene of making you feel uncomfortable because you you're just seeing him. He's just such a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> and the husband is so. I don't know. It's one of them where you can't kick off because all the guy's doing is playing piano. It's just an instrument. But at the same time, the sexual kind of frustration there between She's the two. She's leaving Patrick Wilson for Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. He, Michael Keaton's played Batman prior, I'll just mention. Mm. Soon, he's doing that again on screen, isn't he? It's the Flash, which I yeah, feel that's going to be terrible. I don't really know what's going on. But, is that the Flash film? Yeah. Oh. It's, it a, it's another multiverse film. I thought it was a Flash TV show. Yeah, no. I know that he was coming back as Batman, but yeah. Uh, but his forced smile throughout this film, particularly in uncomfortable situations, is more like the Joker. It's so ingenuine from start to finish, mm. and he just looks seedy throughout, smug, snide, you, whatever you want to call it. Joker, actually, wouldn't he? Probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Nicholson is. Uh, He'd be the closest Nicholson. to Jack Nicholson's portrayal of it. Um. Yeah. The way he delivers the line about the American church Flags is and crosses. phenomenal. McDonald's mm. um, can be the new American church, feeding bodies and feeding souls, and it ain't just open on Sundays, boys. It's open seven days a week. That probably is my favourite quote of uh, of the film. Oh, that's not what I thought your favourite Not a real was. quote either. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it was written by the wife of the guy doing the screenplay. She nice. mentioned it and he was like, that's gold. That's going, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. going in. We've mentioned Keaton in the start of the film. We've kind of referenced the end. The, the business lessons I've kind of titled this portion as, which is what he feels he's dishing out to the brothers. Yeah. The turning point of the film is when he's in the bank because he leaves... And it's pretty much halfway through the film as well. Yeah, the guy's been listening in on his conversation, uh, mm. Harry Sonneborn. Yeah. And he chased him out of the bank. And a, a rare critique I would have for the film is I, I do think it's quite strangely scored. Like the music doesn't always seem to fit what's playing out on screen. It just looks like they almost rushed in some parts. But that's. that's a, well, did like you elevate- say it was 22 days for the entire shoot? Yeah. But that, I know they've got far more after that to in post-production. I guess post is going to yeah. be way more. Yeah. Like, they have like elevator music playing as he's being approached by yeah. the bank. It, that it's, scene is a bit strange, strange, isn't it? He just finds him on the street. But you can see how vulnerable the ego is of Croc in this film. Like He says everything simple. He says everything is, uh, quite obvious and he's quite standoffish until he sees that some this person can actually make him money, basically. Yeah. He's told, you're not in the burger business, you're in the real estate business. Yeah. Did that happen then? Did that so yeah. he actually didn't have the, the big idea to buy no. the land? No. Shit. You just think if he hadn't come across that guy. Um, obviously <clears throat> a, a great guy in terms of putting it together and the means are questionable, but yeah. in terms of ideas, 
very few of them are actually his. Like even mm. even the majority of the like menu items we know today were developed by franchisees that he then rolls out nationwide, including the milkshakes thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he just he's I don't know, man. Like he maybe he did just get really fucking lucky. I don't think it's luck because I guess um, maybe there's persistent. a question at the end that he would argue the ends justified the means and yeah. he, he's there's a there's a quote in the film about you don't open this many uh restaurants that screwing over a few people paraphrasing it yeah yeah shortly after that ray sends them some posts with the mcdonald's letterhead on and the arches on it yeah and we get to the crux of the film where one of the brothers asks him if he's ever come up with anything and he just replies the concept of winning yeah and He's on the phone to Dick. Yeah, and it is a weird one because it's not like he's more intelligent than them. He's just more driven than them. Like the franchise idea was there for them. They were just quite open that they didn't want to put he's in the work for it. He's definitely not more intelligent than Dick. No, Ma- so Mac I'm, is Mac is the heart, the, no, the, the old Big Mac. But yeah, he's definitely not I'm more intelligent that, like, than Dick. He's just more he, business. Well, they say well, he's not they, business oriented. He's, they wanted to make sure they could uphold standards, and they didn't want to quite openly put in the work to do it they, they just were, they didn't were want to quite happy yeah. they were quite happy with what they had and the irony that McDonald's goes on to be pretty much the opposite of what they wanted it to be in 100% commercialism yeah 100% they just didn't want to turn it into a brothel yeah. and that's basically what and, it became and Keaton's a salesman like he charms them initially and then yeah. it's literally their idea he he's not saying anything smarter than them he he's just able to talk rings around them until he has the financial power to back his chat. Yeah. When I was looking for clips to, to rewatch here, it's always on like business bro channels, like the type of TikTok. you know, those guys that say like, you shouldn't play the PlayStation with your friends because you could be hustling instead. And yeah, listen to what, like I top get money, five, top doing- five money making hustles. Yeah. You should be part of right now. And yeah. blokes post it on their Instagram story when they do two hours overtime. Yeah, 100%. percent Or well, they work a nine to five in and insurance. The comments on this scene in particular, because yeah. it reposted these kind of pages. Yeah. All the comments are nonsense like, you can't teach killer instinct. This is what business is all yeah. about. Yeah. And when they try and tell him, you will abide by the terms in our deal, he just stays calm and tells them he understands McDonald's more than them. He mocks their voices. Mm. Everything. And if you didn't hate him before, at that point in the yeah, film, yeah, that's where you actually like, turn on him. Yeah, yeah you do turn on him. There. It's where he's getting sarky because you kind of see it from an empathetic point of view. Well, maybe we see it from that point of view. Maybe these these guys so, you were talking about on TikTok, maybe they're watching. I think ninety percent. ninety percent of people do see it that way. Um, and but, I actually think, kind of got into it earlier. It hits that bit harder because. Imagine how pissed you'd be. Whilst there's no jeopardy. Like, we know yeah. he succeeds with yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he does turn it into one restaurant, into McDonald's is... Well, what is McDonald's now? Yeah. What are the stats? I don't fucking know. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. He, he is he is pivotal in that. But you'd be so pissed. Imagine yeah. if you started a... Imagine you started a restaurant with your brothers. The three of you are popular in Gloucester. And then someone like me comes along and takes it from you, immediately <laughs> puts it in Bristol, Manchester, Liverpool fucking London you'd be like it, it, I, I know Byron Burgers exists yeah. but it's not your Byron it Burgers it was my idea that was taken <laughs> you'd be so angry like and and he does it all legally that's the other thing as well well like, he breaks a contract but he says basically you can't yeah he 
yeah. you can't pull me up on it because you don't have enough because money. Because Belfort, Belfort does stuff illegally and eventually gets caught, but this guy just finds the loophole and does it Contracts legally. Contracts are like hearts. Made to be broken. Made to be broken. Yep. Same question as the last two weeks. Would you add Sidney Sweeney or Daniel Kaluuya to this movie? It's a tough one here because I really wanted to add Kaluuya this week. The work's drying up for him here. I'm a nice guy. I know who I'm adding. I'm not actually sure there's a single black character in this film. Well, it's not. It's not the right. It's not the right time frame, is it? So I'm saying, I wanted to put Daniel Kaluuya in this film. Yeah. There's not an obvious role to be sliding him into. There's not an obvious role for Sydney Sweeney either. There is. Sydney Sweeney's a poster girl. I say that are you, I say this every week, and you call me out on it every week. You're saying no. stop objectifying her for her looks. I, but tell you tell me right now, would Sydney Sweeney not be there in I don't know something very revealing, going out handing out burgers to the boys? Can you? I took out what you said last week. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be a role to justify the size of the character. We're not just you're not just. If you're struggling a week, you say, well, Sydney Sweeney goes here because she looks all right. They they said themselves in the film, the two brothers were like, oh, um, what are they called? The, they're not the waitresses. That's not the right word. No, but they're, 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 called, they're, they're, like they're, the they're in it for like, they're called like less the than 15 yeah, well, seconds. So that's, that's well, not then how you, this well, works. Then you, okay, then. Okay, fine. Okay, so you'd replace... She has to be one of the wives. Fine. Yeah, you'd replace the blonde... On the piano. You have to age her up, basically. Yeah, that's fine. But you'd replace her because Sydney Sweeney is beautiful. If you walk into a restaurant, you see Sydney Sweeney playing the piano. 99% of men are going to look because she is beautiful. Beautiful sounds a lot nicer than the way you worded it before. So I just wanted to stamp that out. We're not that kind of podcast. Look, Sweeney, if you're listening. She is obviously listening. Everyone is listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kaluuya is listening as well. So apologies to him. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier about you can see the kind of truth in some things that were right and some things were wrong in the film. A couple of them... Uh, yeah, so the one million each brother got would be worth 8.7 million each in 2017 That's when the mean. film was released. I thought it was released in 2016. 2017 dollars when the calculation was made on the trivia I got, so there okay. you go. Um, 8.3? 8.7. Whew. The, oh, what would you do with 8.7? You buy your mum, work. You buy your mum a house. You pay the mortgage off on this on this guy. Yeah. I know you would. You're a good boy. The company that Ray worked for prior to founding McDonald's, Prince Castle, still exists and supplies McDonald's with much of its equipment. It's cool. Yeah. The ending of this film, the handshake agreement scenes and <sighs> so on. I was going to ask you about that. So I don't understand to- what that is. So essentially, it's something that it can only be agreed by was, a handshake. So it, it can. It could have been in a contract, but that was his way around it. Um, a handshake mm. agreement is basically literally that you 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 have enough trust that you don't need to sign a contract because you're respectable men and you would honour this because you wouldn't break a handshake. Basically, not what I thought it was. I no. thought it was. I thought it was almost like the scene in Django where it's like, "You really want me to shake your hand?" I thought it was like no. that. Like no. you had to shake the hand for it, and that was his way of no. always being a little fawn in their side. So, after the brothers refused to give Croc the original restaurant, yeah, he supposedly cheated the brothers out of the 0.5 percent royalty agreement each that they had been getting, which would have been valued at 15 million a year, 
by 1977 and as high as 305 million a year by 2012, according to one estimate. Is that 0.5, 300 odd million per 0.5? Yeah. Oh, God. In his book, Ray Kroc wrote, if they'd played their cards right, that 0.5% would have made them unbelievably wealthy. Uh, The relatives of uh, the McDonald's brothers say that Mac was so distraught that this eventually attributed to his eventual death from a heart failure. Probably. Um, Probably. Yeah. There's, there's so much science between the, the brain and the heart. (laughs) Like, yeah. Ray basically says in his book, he admits that if they'd done and they hadn't messed me about and just given me what I wanted, then I'd have given him it. But it's easy to say after the fact, isn't it? That I, I would have done that. Honestly, they just, they screwed me over by wanting to keep the one thing they found it. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Money, I guess money changes people. I think either you or I, excuse me, I think either you or I would, if we were, if we had become that bastard in the first place, I think a little bit of compassion would have shown through and we would have been like, yeah, fuck it, take the point five. The, in the film, and I don't know how true this is in real life, they have the thing before where um, they kind of preface it where they're going through the divorce proceedings and he says... You can says, see where they made a film about this, can't you? He says, I would, what, I'd rather kill myself than give her any share, one share in McDonald's. He says, um, no, 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 they they say the house, the the car, the insurance, blah, blah, blah. he says, she can have it all. And then when he says... But the business. The business, that's when he gives that smile and he goes, nope. Yeah, and he says, yeah, I would yeah, rather yeah. fight. Yeah. The, the final scene we get where he explains why he didn't just steal the idea... And the brother says, you don't have it. And he says, don't I? With a close-up. And he just smirks. He does that Keaton half smirk. Yeah, he's good at that. And then the next shot is the McDonald's sign coming down at their store. Just Mm -hmm. savage. Just Yeah. Depressing way to end it, although it is hard to be too depressed when, well, I guess they're on mill each. But the one brother, they say, had no real ill will he was happy he was able to live the life he wanted with yeah, the money prob- that was probably Mac though wasn't it yeah Mac was happy with the 8 mil whereas the well, other- 1 million it was yeah but 8 8 to us yeah whereas the other dude that was his baby but then that guy had collect- he he got heart failure from it I don't know but they were in a position also where <sighs> you're seeing it everywhere it's shoved in your face everywhere they didn't have a choice did they because by that point they were being controlled anyway. Yeah. They were, he'd already had the initial heart attack. Yeah. You would hate it. It's like that, um, you don't like forgetting Sarah Marshall, do you? Uh, we, I think we're going to do that on air at some point. I'd love to do forgetting yeah. Sarah Marshall. But where he breaks up, she breaks up with him and he just sees her everywhere. I don't like Russell Brand. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Yeah, I, I don't like Russell Brand as much as I used to. But um, just where she's just everywhere popping up and those McDonald's were popping up left, <laughs> yeah, right and yeah. centre. You would just be you probably would. Do you know what? Fair play to him for not. I don't want to. I don't want to get <laughs> dark. on a rampage. I don't want to go. No, yeah, either yeah. that or just just doing themselves in. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get too dark, but fuck that. Seriously. Last couple of questions. Uh, if on. you had to make a spin-off movie about a side character from this, who would it be? I've got the right answer for this. Go it's on. the enthusiastic guy. <laughs> no, that's in, not the yes, right answer. It is the right answer. It's the enthusiastic guy in the first McDonald's, and then you basically follow his story. He's about eighteen in that. You follow him so through the guy to, behind the till. Yeah, 
the one that first initially serves Keaton. You follow him. Is through- that the same guy that's out the back doing the burgers? No. That's- so he's the real answer. No, 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 no. No, he's the super friendly guy that's... You can have it in your hand, sir. Him. You yep. follow him until he gets about 40 to 40 or 50. You follow the life course of his events and he has an awful, awful, awful time. And there's, the ending of the film is, is he still happy? Is he not? There's three separate answers. That, that That's is a, the best that answer. That isn't one of them. That's the best answer. One of them is about Jerry, the brief tenure of his McDonald's with hot dogs and fried chicken. No, shit. <laughs> shit. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that one. <laughs> he says, "What's this look like?" <laughs> when he's he's like, doing that, that looks like a that looks like a particularly good burger. That Ray, like, mm-hmm. how would you know? How would you know? No, the answers Rubbish. are Fred Turner or Joan Smith. So, Fred Turner is credited with introducing the quarter pounder, the chicken McNugget, the McRib, the egg McMuffin, the Happy Meal, just with because, toys. Just because he's a personal hero of yours doesn't mean that he deserves his own film. He was also behind the groundbreaking move into sports marketing and sponsorship with McDonald's funding the Olympic swimming arena built Boring. in 1984. Boring. It all sounds like it goes very, very, hap- very happily and very swimmingly for him. He considered the Big Mac sauce to be his own personal project and took it off the market briefly when he felt it didn't have enough zing. Okay. <laughs> Can we talk about the Big Mac sauce? Because do we st- do we even know what's in the Big Mac sauce? It's a trade secret, isn't it? No, you can make it. You can. It's like pickle juice, Thousand Island dressing, ketchup, mustard. Like. Obviously, you you know the exact. I've, recipe. I've watched. I've watched enough videos. <laughs> right, of I'm sure people you are. making a burger. Right. Um, Joan Smith is shit as well because he's just giving all of her money away. Yeah. No, but then it's more interesting as to who she gave the money to. But most of it to um, Samaritans. Yeah. I, I genuinely think like, she, she gave like 2.1 billion away yeah, to crazy. one charity I know yeah it's good good but I think the genuine correct answer is the happy go lucky that guy steals the entire film from me <laughs> <laughs> and finally in the gift shop based around the film what's the highest selling item um uh <sighs> french get, fries cheap what do you prefer French do you prefer chips or a burger at McDonald's? Burger, I'm just telling you what the highest selling item would be, and it would be the chips. The highest selling item is the highest selling item in McDonald's history. <clears throat> if there was a gift shop around this film though, would it it wouldn't be a McDonald's, it would be um, Ray Croc's book. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. What would it be? I'd, maybe like I don't know, Happy Meals or something like that. I don't know. The little Happy Meal toys, best of. Yeah, Sell them I like guess. Funkos. I guess. Do you know what the Funko Pops are? Very similar to what Happy Meal toys used to be. Actually, you can get these McDonald's ones. You can get the Hamburgerly. You can get a Mayor McCheese. You can get Grandmaster Big Mac. <sighs> See that sort of stuff. When did that come into play? Because the no, no the whole Hamburg Hamburglar and all that shit. That was so all. They were painted on the wall in the place where yeah, you had yeah, birthday yeah. parties. No, but they were painted on the walls of most McDonald's. But they, they were stories we never learned about these characters. They just existed. They were what, omnipotent. What was your best quote, by the way? Oh, um, my best quote was, and it's a quote that's still true today. Hang on, I've written this down. If you've got time to lean, you've got time to clean? No. Drive-ins tend to attract, shall we say, a less than desirable clientele. Teenagers, hot rodders and hooligans, juvenile delinquents in blue jeans, and nothing has ever been said truer of Eastern Avenue McDonald's. You go to Eastern Avenue McDonald's <laughs> yeah. today, and there are the absolute wrong of Gloucester hanging around there, 
bloody living it up large, vaping, <laughs> just causing an absolute scene. And all you want to do is go in and get some burgers. And it's still, it still, it shows what McDonald's has become. Um, and what's what's your favourite quote? Because I enjoyed Ray very seriously say it and the patty tragically overcooked. That, okay, that's not what I thought you were going to say. That's no, some, I said it, I said it earlier. Um, I thought you were going to say that's some pure dick magic right there. <laughs> I, I did write that down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did, exactly. I did. Uh, at the time of watching, um, I wrote down one, two, three, four, five notes and yeah that was one of them yeah, just I, knew, did, just, I knew it would be just did a little uh, speech marks yep. <laughs> um, the star of the film who would you say would you say it's Keaton because I'd say it's Mac McDonald we've already done this I'm just going I'm just yeah, going through my... as to whether it was the food oh right okay I'm just going back through no my, it's Michael, my it's Michael Keaton I think uh, my last my last note <laughs> I think the the the, the film isn't as rewatchable as a lot of the other ones we'll do in the bracket if you it's are it's not a rewatchable film it's to go back and load it Keaton but there's no real twist it's not, so usually no it's A to B to C to D to E I'll it's go not back and watch film. a film if there's a twist to see if I can spot like they should have spotted this sooner or this is where they kind of foreshadowed it but yeah and I'll tell you this as a man who proudly sports one himself was Michael Keaton cast in this film because of his M hairline he cast as Tom Hanks said no <laughs> Well, I think that does us for today. Thank you for listening to another edition of Movie Madness. I'm sick of gherkins. Get rid of them. No. Get rid of the gherkins. People that take out their gherkins are some of the most childish people. We'll be back next week with Bad Neighbours. See you there.